And now, Jalen and Jacoby. Where the fuck is Trump? Head to dead. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need. Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the switch. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me a He is Jalen Anthony Rose. What up, though? I'm David Jacoby. And on the cool check-in. Send the stage on the mic. And we putting it on wax. It's the new style. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do, Dr. Rose? We give the people what they want. If the people wanted a close Monday night football game, they did not get that. But if the people were Steelers fans, they got what they wanted. It was a dominant performance by the Steelers defense. They had eight sacks on Andy Dalton. 12 quarterback hits. One sack was a strip sack. Jalen, they really could not protect Andy Dalton against this Steelers defense. I was concerned about the Bengals and the Dalton and the high hopes that they had once upon a time. Do you believe that the Dalton window is closing in Cincinnati? I believe the Dalton window is closing. And usually teams that have really good leadership and stability have what it takes to create an identity. And mm. as a Lions fan, I always envied the fact that the Steelers had that. And it usually started defensively. Terry Bradshaw is a four-time Super Bowl championship quarterback. But when you think of the glory days of the Steelers, it always goes back to their defense. Hammond, Lambert, and Mean Joe Green. And that classic commercial he had with the kid, by the way, in the soda. Mm-hmm. And so that has carried... And regardless of who's on the center, who's in the skill positions, to me, that has been their identity. That's who they are. And so when they traded the Miami Dolphins earlier in the year and added a D-back, people was like, wait a minute, Ben Roethlisberger just got hurt. Why, why, why would they do that? Yep. And all of a it's sudden, tragic. they was trying to get back to their identity when they added him. And so the Bengals will make you and I probably look good. But at the same time, I like the way they look last night. They look fast. They look physical. They look ferocious. I want to give them a lot of credit for what they did on Monday night. I also want to give them some credit for what they did on offense. I mean, they had backup Mason Rudolph in the game. And listen, they didn't throw the ball downfield. They gave him a lot of easy reads, a lot of easy throws. You know, I think this average throw was just around three yards. And they also mixed in Samuels with the Wildcat and Connor. They, they, they did a little, like, a little gimmicky offense, a little dink and dunk offense, but it worked. Rudolph, as a backup quarterback, was 28, I mean, sorry, 24 for 28 and had two touchdowns. He didn't really impress, but he did nothing to lose the game for them. What do you think about their offensive strategy? It reminded me when I played for the St. Cecilia Beacons, and we played the championship game at the Pontiac Silverdome, and I showed up at the bus, and I had dirty pants on. Because I thought as a defensive end, I was going to look tough. And I was going to look rough on the big stage. And rest in peace to the late, great Sam Washington. He was so very mad at me. Okay? That's what their offense reminded me of. When you barely passed the ball like three or four times the entire game. And everybody knew you were going to run. That's kind of what it reminded me of. A professional version of that. Mm -hmm. But again, you still have to give him credit. It's a big stage. 
He's starting in place of Big Ben Roethlisberger. This team identity has changed over the past few years, losing Bell and Brown and Big Ben. You're trying to get Juju involved. You're trying to get Connor involved. But this shows why Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in football and why he's never had a losing record. It seemed like a really good way to bring in a backup quarterback and lead them to success by simplifying the game plan, giving them a little bite-sized game plan. We saw a little bit of that from Teddy Bridgewater as well with the Saints. And not only that, there are a lot of quarterbacks that played in week four that did not start week one that performed pretty well. If you look at this full screen right here, Kyle Allen got a win in, in Houston. And then Teddy Bridgewater, they beat the Cowboys. Rudolph won last night. Danny Dimes, duh. Gardner Minshew's making a name for himself. Obviously, Josh Rosen wasn't that successful, but he's on a team that doesn't seem like they're trying to be successful. What do you think about all these backup quarterbacks having some success in week four? It just shows me how the game has progressed. Remember Ooh. when you drafted a quarterback and it was commonplace for him to have to wait his turn and learn the system? And get up to the speed of the game. Now all of mm-hmm. a sudden you have a Kyler Murray at five foot nine going number one overall. So now as the game has progressed, coaches understand you can institute a kind of collegiate style offense, but still get away with it on Sundays. That was something that you could not do previously. And also you have to give these players credit. They're a lot more advanced with their quarterback coaching and all of the schooling that they get before they even get to the NFL. So now they are a lot more advanced, and the NFL has become more like the collegiate game, not the other way around. And another thing that needs to be recognized is most of those quarterbacks that won in week four, that didn't start in week one, their defenses showed up, which is something you have to do when you have a backup quarterback in the game. Moving on, staying with the NFL. And sticking with Vontez Perfect, we all know yesterday Vontez Perfect was suspended for the rest of the season. The NFL released a statement. They said, quote, there were no mitigating circumstances on this play. Your contact was unnecessary, flagrant, and you should have been avoided. For your actions, you were penalized and disqualified from the game. Following each of your previous rule violations, you were warned by me and the, each of the jointly appointed appeal officers that future violations would result in escalated accountability measures. However, you have continued to flagrantly abuse rules designated to protect yourself and your opponents from unnecessary risk. And we're going right into what head coach of the Colts, Frank Reich, had to say. He said, quote, that was a pretty vicious hit. Thankfully, Doyle came out of that one clean with no concussion symptoms. When someone does something like that, attacks one of your players, that's just not supposed to be in the game. And when it's against one of your players, you naturally have a reaction. I'm just glad they did what they did at the game and the follow-up action seems very appropriate. Jalen Frank Wright seems it seems to think that this punishment is appropriate. Perfect and his agent are going to appeal. They expect that to be heard next week. Do you think it was an appropriate punishment and how do you expect it to play out? I'm not a fan of this punishment. I'm really big on fairness and taking each scenario case by case. Now for Vontez Perfect. That's about 12 or 13 cases. Mm -hmm. So I've never been somebody that has worn his jersey, but I'm really hesitant in this cancel culture to take somebody's livelihood away from them. I've watched a lot of football in my life, and I've seen a lot of questionable characters play games on Sunday, Mondays, and Thursdays. Whether their decision-making was bad on the field or off the field. And this is the first person 
that I've seen this happen to. I don't like it. I think it's excessive. I think when he appeals, it's going to get reduced. I always hesitate to take somebody's livelihood away from them for that period of time with that much money on the line. It is interesting. Like, I don't want to sit here and act like we're Vontez perfect defenders because that is absolutely silly. I mean, we've all watched ESPN for the last 24 hours and seen some of the frankly disgusting things that he has done on the field. The ankle twisting comes to mind against the Dolphins. But honestly, this hit wasn't as bad as some of the other things that he has done. I understand he's a repeat offender, but... When we're looking forward and we're forecasting, I do not think he's going to win this appeal. He might, they might get a few games reduced at the end of the season, but at that time, they'll be insignificant for the Raiders and only significant for his paychecks. And also, let me give you a different way to look at it. Yes, Doyle could have gotten seriously injured, but when you give your punishment, you get a chance to acknowledge that he didn't. Okay? I like to go case by case. And we showed a couple of quotes of people unhappy about his behavior on the field. Neither one of them were current players. Have you seen any current players stand on the table and say that they don't want Vontaze Burfick in the league based on how he's performed? I have not seen it. I have not, but some of our colleagues who were former players and Frank Wright, who's also a former player, have expressed similar sentiments. But Jalen, we're going to move on because you know what we have. You know what we have to show you right now. Real NBA basketball, kind of. They had an exhibition game between the Rockets and the Shanghai Sharks, and James Harden did this. This is the most fascinating thing I have seen all summer long. James Harden is working on a running to his right, left-handed, left-footed three-pointer. He actually took this in a contest. We've seen hints of it from some pickup in the summer. Jalen, I really think he's trying to add this to his game. Do you think we'll see more of this as the season progresses? For those that don't play a lot of basketball, usually lefties like to jump off their right foot. Mm -hmm. So with range, an accurate three-point shooter is going to shoot with his left hand and jump off his left foot, which automatically makes that unorthodox. Yes. While James Harden, I've called him the most unique offensive weapon that the game has ever seen. Why? Because he's the only guy each level that's going to lead the league in total threes. He's done it. Made free throws. He's done it. He gets to the hoop as well. And assists which shows his versatility. I don't like the institution potentially of this move. It seems like a low percentage play. Mm -hmm. However, if it goes in, we all are happy. And for people who play a lot of basketball, you try stuff out there and see if it's going to work or not work. I don't think this is something I want the guy I voted for as MVP last year doing with five seconds to go in the game in a clutch situation. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we'll see as much of this depending on how successful it is in the preseason. But I just have a quick question for you. You're a left-handed shooter. You can shoot from range. I've never seen you practice this shot. I'm almost sure that you never have. How many of these out of 10 are you hitting? None. That's what I'm saying. Like, honestly, like out of 10, I would hit zero. How many attempts do you think it would take me to hit one using my right foot and my right hand? 50. 
The honestly more. Like, I think it would take like 70. From NBA 3, it's like 75. It's insane. I want to see more of it just because I love the game. But somebody tells me that looks like about a 17% proposal, which will probably be phased out of his game. All right, Jalen. The Warriors are without Kevin Durant. And now they have confirmed that they will be without Clay Thompson through the All-Star break. However, that has not wavered their confidence. Let's listen to the soul of the Warriors, Draymond Green, talk about his outlook for the upcoming season. I'm not sure what everyone's uh, expectations are. We haven't really had any team meetings yet. But I know what my expectations are. They don't change from year to year. (laughs) They're always the same. So you still believe this team can go to the finals this year? Steph Curry on our team. Clay. Yep. Huh. Jalen, what do you think about that statement from Draymond? I'm not mad at it at all. And I want to forecast something for you. The Golden State Warriors, seven or eight seed, all of a sudden in the first round of the playoffs, get Denver, get Portland, get Utah. That's going to be a tough matchup for the higher seeded team. Question for you, though. Is D'Angelo Russell on the team at that time? I believe so. Actually, mm, that's because if Clay's not going to come back until All-Star break, you can't move him in December or January before he returns. You're going to need his firepower. What I'm excited about seeing this year is the return of Draymond Green. A lot of people talk about the sacrifices that were made to add KD, to add Boogie. Draymond Green averaged eight points last year and wasn't an All-Star. He's going to go back to being a Swiss Army knife on that team. That leads them in rebounds. That's going to be first or second in assists. That's going to be leading them probably in blocks and or steals. Draymond Green is going to return to that all-NBA caliber form playing up front this year. Let's give the people what they want. It's never too early to start thinking about the holidays. I already want to get a reservation at a restaurant and not host Thanksgiving at my house. We've already started talking about it. And here's the thing about the holidays that you really need to start thinking about. Do you really want to take all those holiday season photos with closed mouth photos? You know I do that because my teeth are a little yellow. Jalen makes fun of me all the time about it. The YouTube commenters used to hit me up all the time about my yellow teeth. I used Crest whitening strips for a while there. And taking... Photos with a closed mouth. I think about this every time a camera gets pointed at me, which is pretty often. Do I open my mouth and smile? Do I close my mouth and smile? And some people feel the same way because they're not confident with the way that their teeth are aligned. Well, guess what? You want that photo-ready smile, that big ear-to-ear, teeth-showing smile every all holiday season? It's now easier than ever with clear aligners from Candid. Candid aligners help straighten your teeth faster than traditional wild braces. Treatment takes just six months on average. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan. They show you 3D preview so you can see how your teeth will look after you're done. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. Candid ships your aligners directly to you so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist's office. And Candid costs 56% less than braces. And with each aligner purchase, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. Get your photo-ready smile by the holidays. Go to Candid.com. CandidCO.com. That is CandidCO.com slash Jalen. And use code Jalen to get $75 off a brand new smile. 
in time for the holidays, going to candidco.com slash Jalen. Code Jalen for $75 off. That is candidco.com slash Jalen. Code Jalen. Jalen Rose, when I saw this video clip, I said, you know what? There's nothing I want more than you to take me and the audience behind the curtain. On the uninterrupted, the shop, LeBron James hosted California Governor Gavin Newsom, who did something that can only be exclaimed as historic. Let's check in on the shop. You also got a call from Mark Emmerich. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I don't think he was congratulating you. What, he, what was your call? Up? He's trying to make sure I don't use this pen tonight. That's what he's trying to do. I mean, look, they're 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 a little panicked because they recognize they're vulnerable. People are hitting this not just in California but all across the country because the gig's up. This is the number one reason why we've created this platform. <laughs> to be able to have moments like this where we got the governor of California <laughs> signing a bill to allow athletes in college. Let's do it, man. All right. So, Jalen, there's a lot to discuss here. Now, number one, I want to explain a little bit about the bill. It doesn't allow colleges to pay athletes. It allows college athletes to be paid for their name, their image, and their likeness. Now, this is just the first step in a long journey to sort of get college athletes actually paid. But what do you think about Newsom going on the shop and signing this in front of that kind of company? I think it's a groundbreaking moment. Shout to LeBron, Mav, and Rich. I saw them all in the clip. But a journey starts with a single step. And for me, this is just that. A lot of states are now going to truly learn about their governors when you realize that they're not going to be on necessarily on board to sign this deal. And here's why. The members of the NCAA get millions and billions of dollars off the likeness of collegiate athletes. They've been doing it since the beginning of time. I introduced the term for public consumption that I felt like it was like indentured servitude because as somebody that played three years in college, if you want to talk about dollars and cents, that would or could have been generated by a group of individuals playing basketball, the Fab Five will have the high score on the video game. Imagine if things like long shorts, black shoes, black socks were able to be trademarked. The term Fab Five has been used constantly over and over again. Imagine if we owned that. We would have been a precursor to what people like LeBron are now able to do, own their likeness and be paid and compensated for who they are and their talents. But here's the thing I'm looking to see if it's going to happen. Where are the colleges on this? It's one thing for the state, for the governor to sign the bill. It's going to be another thing for UCLA, USC, and all of the schools in California to not accept the rules they have to abide to be a part of the NCAA. Remember, schools are members of the NCAA and players sign letters of intent to play at the school. Once you sign that letter of intent, you fall under all of the governance that comes with those rules. So that's the part that to me is going to get a little messy. And that's the part I want to see if it gets ironed out sooner than later. Because I'm glad you brought this up because if you just read the headline and you don't read the story, you think like, oh, this is great. The California governor signed a bill and now players can be paid for their likenesses. Well, not really. 
This is scheduled to go into effect in 2023, and it gets messier than that. The NCAA will likely challenge this in court and try to push those court proceedings as long and as long as possible. And exactly as you mentioned, in order for this to be taken into effect by school, UCLA comes to mind, USC comes to mind, Cal comes to mind, all those big schools in California, they essentially at some point would have to secede from the NCAA. The implications from that are even bigger. And what does the Pac-12 do? They've got some schools in the state, some schools out of the state. So at the surface level, you're like, oh, you know what? This is great. NCAA athletes can now get paid for their likenesses in California, but it's not that simple. What you, this is exactly what you said. This is a step. This is a, a, a single step on the journey to get to where we want to be with college athletes being paid. But it is that, a step. And when you have taken one step, you say, what's next? Who else is going to take a step? The next steps are other states looking at what California did and potentially passing legislature similar to build a groundswell that pressures the NCAA into accepting this into their own governance. What do you think happens next? Like, what's the timeline with this bill? I'm not as optimistic as many people are that the NCAA is going to cave to the groundswell because money never sleeps. And for so very long, they did not have to share it. And they oversaw the likeness and basically control how players are able to govern themselves once they become collegiate athletes. They all have separate deals with the NCAA. Their conferences, their contracts, their television contracts, their endorsements. Those schools aren't going to necessarily want to give up that money from the NCAA and in theory become independent so that players can benefit off of their likeness. And here's something else you're going to learn about your favorite college, your favorite college head coaches. A lot of them don't want the athletes to be able to do it either. They're just mm-hmm. not saying it just yet. Another thing I want to make very clear about this, in case you just read the headline and not the story, this does not mean that the college athletes can get paid by the institutions in which they play for. That doesn't mean that these institutions that make millions, if not billions of dollars, based on the hard work and effort of these athletes are going to be paid those athletes directly. This allows these athletes to get money other ways via sponsorships and using their likeness in video games and endorsements and whatnot, which still, in my mind, is where we need to get. We need to get to a place where the institutions pay the players for the money that they make. Jalen, there'll be a lot more updates on this story, and I really off, I really just appreciate you offering your unique insight as one of those college players that literally had one of the biggest brands in the history of college athletics. There'll be a lot more updates on that, but now we have a very important update on Drake's plane. The Kings are going to take a trip to India this preseason, and in order to get there, they will be borrowing the OVO Airlines plane Air Drake, as you see right there. Now, this to me is one of those things where someone that's very rich asking for a favor, you just say yes because you know you're going to get a favor back in time. But I know you're rich, Jalen. Don't don't shy away from it. You've flip-flown private before. Have you ever flown on a plane this lavish? I believe so. Oh, okay. I, I, I believe so. And... Not to get into the personal details of like oh, how I a relationship with a plane works, but it's not like having a car, okay? Oh. When you say Drake's plane, I would believe it's not like parked at his hangar. What normally happens is he signs a plane deal for access to a plane. 
where he gets to use it. Oh. That's a very expensive business. Trust me, I don't believe he wants to be paying all of the maintenance to come with somebody that's trying to, quote unquote, own a plane that's his. But with that being said, there's a cool factor here that I think the Sacramento Kings are reaching for. Remember, we've seen Drake sitting front row with their owner a couple of Mm -hmm. times at NBA games and always wondered where that relationship come from. It just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere for public consumption. They were a bad team, and he was at a Kentucky game. Then he was at a Kings game. And everybody's like, whoa, how did this happen? Drake's a big-time sports fan, so I like the way he holds it down for his Raptors. It's an amazing plane. But here's the most important point that I want to make here. The game has changed, and I love it. Because MCs and entertainers of the hip-hop culture are now getting just as much, if not more money than athletes. And that's come a long way. And I also love the fact that, like, someone has to call Drake's phone and ask to borrow his plane. Whether or not it's his plane, as you detailed so appropriately, it's just, I love the way that you broke down how the finances work with owning a plane. Sometimes I forget just how rich you are. And thank you for reminding me and our audience. As the NBA media days for the 30 teams happen, there's so much hope. You know, every team's got championship expectations and every player is going to be an MVP and everyone's added something new to their game. I, I love, I love early October in the NBA news cycle. And this October is no different. We start with the Rockets. We saw the one-legged three-point shot from James Harden, but we still don't know exactly what we will see from the Rockets on the floor and what exactly the addition of Russell Westbrook will mean for this team. Austin Rivers spoke about their expectations and their outlook for the season. Let's check in on the son of Doc Rivers. I think we got everything we need to win a championship this year. So, you know, I don't think we need anything else. Huh. We have everything we need to win a championship this year. What do you think about Austin Rivers' analysis of the roster? The Rockets are a legitimate contender. The great thing about this season is we have dynamic duels, not necessarily super teams, which means you can point to the elite greatness of the talent of LeBron James, Anthony Davis at the Lakers, Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers. Go on and on about the the duels around the league. But without a super team, that means each squad has weaknesses and question marks. That's why we're going to be tuned in on the edge of our seat this NBA season. Because it's not a foregone conclusion of who's going to win it all. So when you got James Harden on your team, the guy Mm -hmm. voted for MVP last year. Russell Westbrook on your team, the guy that's averaged triple doubles for three straight years. P.J. Tucker, who made more left corner threes than anybody in the league last year. Austin Rivers plays quality minutes coming off the bench. Eric Gordon is a knockdown shooter. The one person that I need to see be dominant is Clint Capella. When the playoffs have come, it seems like he has been a shell of himself. I need him to take the leap that you see a lot of young bigs take to be the guy that can get you those points, those boards, those blocks, and that consistently consistency to hold it down on the interior. If they can get that, they're just as good as any other team in the Western Conference in my book on paper. I mean, to first address Austin Rivers' statement, like, yes, they have everything they need to win a championship. This team with Chris Paul in for Russell Westbrook, I mean, more or less, 
took the Warriors to seven and famously missed so many threes in a row. They don't need to add more. It's just a question of chemistry and how Westbrook's addition will manifest itself on the floor, whether or not they can stay healthy and what you're going to get from Capella. So Austin Rivers is accurate in his statement, but I want to address your statement too. One thing I love about all those duos in the league that you mentioned coming into this season is we haven't seen them together. We haven't seen what LeBron and AD is going to look like. We haven't seen what PG and Kawhi is going to look like. We haven't seen what Harden and Westbrook is going to look like in this environment. We saw a little bit of it in OKC. That's one of the reasons that I'm so excited about this season. And there's more to be excited about this season if you are a Philadelphia Sixers fan. Joel Embiid has often been criticized for being out of shape and, you know, sort of sort of a, his whimsical approach to the game and also his social media feed. He addressed his fitness and his approach to the season and expectations at Media Day. Let's listen to Joel Embiid. I mean, last year I played the most games I've ever played, 64. Uh, this year I see myself playing over 70 games. Uh, it's going to be good for us because we're trying to get the number one seed. And we're trying to win over 60 games, and then, and he's gonna help me because I need that team success if I want to be able to win MVP or Defensive Player of the Year. Jalen also reports that he has lost 20 pounds, and he said he wants to win MVP. Do you think these are realistic expectations for Joel Embiid? He's a young man. He's growing and maturing. When he got drafted, I compared him to one of my favorite, most. Fierce players of all time, Hakeem Olajuwon. He has that level of skill. He can play with his back to the basket on both blocks. He can shoot the three. He's a really good passer, rebounder, shot blocker. I know he has a a big time personality that sometimes people forget how ferocious he can be as a competitor. Mm. I Mm. like the way he gets under the opponent's skin. I like the way he's really edgy out there. I appreciate them adding Al Horford. That's going to really help solidify their defense on the inside. Taking care of Tobias Harris, that's going to be a big-time thing for them if he can help them close games. But a team like Philly has to do what a team like Houston has to do. And I'm about to give everybody the blueprint. When people say, who's going to have the best record in the league? In the West, the Houston Rockets. They're going to possibly be the number one seed. In the Eastern Conference, if the Sixers are going to make the finals, they need to get the number one seed because the Greek freak is going to basically play all 82 games. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, they're going to try to play all 82 games. The Clippers got to start the season with Paul George injured. LeBron James is going to have his games where he misses with low management and Kyle Kuzma isn't there to start the season. Denver's going to go for the number one seed also. So for Philly, it's important that Joel, like he says, is able to play over 70 games, something that he has not done. If he is able to do that, not only will he be a legitimate MVP candidate beyond just his productivity, he legitimately gives them a chance because that game seven on your home floor in the playoffs means so very much. So Jalen, I know you hate the two words load management. I know you do. I know you played 83 games one season. I know how you feel about this. But let me make this case. We saw Kawhi Leonard coming off an injury last year, so he played less games than normal, and they won the championship. If there was ever a case for load management, if there was ever a case for a player, then maybe you could shift down into third or fourth gear at points throughout the season in order to be healthy for the playoffs. It is Joel Embiid. Now, while we did see him play in the playoffs, remember, he was hobbled in that Brooklyn series, and he wasn't 100% 
in that Raptors series. Like, if there was ever a case for someone to maybe play 66, 68 games by design, it is Joel Embiid. If you were Brett Brown or you were the Sixers front office, would you consider managing Joel Embiid's number of games if he stays healthy? Absolutely. And I was one of the first people for national consumption that talked about the fact that he was not in shape and it took away from his pick and roll defense. And I know that he took that personal. And so Joel Embiid, to your point, is a guy, if I'm Brett Brown, that I would try to do my best and load manage him because a player that's so young that the last two years he's missed not only regular season games because of injury, Mm-hmm. He's missed postseason games because of injury. And when you can't play very often, guess what else you're not probably doing consistently? Practicing. So therefore, if you're not practicing, you can't stay in tip-top shape. So if he's able to practice consistently, to your point, even if he's only playing 65 to 70 games, to me that works. But the problem is that hurts your seeding. Because the the Bucks and the Celtics, they have younger teams that most of their top players normally are healthy. And so they're going to now be jockeying for positioning. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for the Sixers. Well, another aspect to the Sixers, which a lot of people question, is very simple. Can Ben Simmons shoot from distance? And we all seen the videos from the summer, and he was asked about it, and he simply said... If I'm open, I will take it. Jalen, he's obviously been open in the past and not taken three-point shots. Do you think that this will change as we go into the 2019-2020 season? One of the favorite things I say playing basketball, and I, know I remember coaching my Detroit AAU team. And You've one said of the players came before. over to me and was like, hey, coach, I'm open. What did I say to him, Jacoby? Open for a reason. You said it about me before. It hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's open right now. He's open right now. He's open right now. So we'll see if he's able to step up and knock him down. Yep. Not everything is worth discussing here on national television on ESPN2 at 2 p.m. So we have a segment. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. You know keep it moving. If you want to discuss the topic, you say hit the brakes. If not, me, you, and Method Man jump in the minivan and keep it moving. Are you ready, Mr. Rose? Let's get it. The Washington team in the NFL has still has a decision to make. Keep, keep moving, it the moving. They'll get a top okay. two or three pick. We keep it moving. We keep it moving. Right. We have an update on the availability of a gentleman by the name of Sam Darnold. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Keep it moving. Their season is virtually over. Other than the games that are on their schedule. We keep it moving. The Bears' defense is dominant, and I have an update on their offense. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Keep it moving. Mitchell Trubisky, luckily for him, is not going to be out a lot longer with his shoulder injury. We keep it moving. Shaquille O'Neal has recorded a diss track about a current NBA player. What? Hit the brakes. I knew I'd get you with this one. I knew I would get you with this one. Dame was in an interview, said something about Shaq's rap career. Shaq heard about this and just, you know, just Jay-Z super ugly style immediately went to the studio and dropped some of these bars. Reg, 
Let's listen. Jalen, not bad. You know, Shaq, Shaq just throws, he throws 82 mile an hour fastballs right down the middle when he raps. No, no complicated flows, no crazy punchlines, but he's on beat and he's got bars. What do you think about Shaq's diss of Dane? I'm taking a deep breath before I speak. So, okay. I, I, I'm a neutral observer. Mm-hmm. I Objective journalist. embody, represent, and have put my reputation and sometimes my life on the line for this culture. Okay. So I take these type of things probably a little more serious than other people do. As somebody that's a couple of years younger than Shaq and a lot older than Dame, I followed this hip-hop movement for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be able to compartmentalize, first off, when I'm hearing beats and rhymes being spewed at another individual and put it into the basketball athlete category. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's hard for me to do. Okay. Re- that, that's you know really what? hard for me to do. Yo, I, we appreciate your sacrifice here, Jalen and Jacoby. You know what I mean? I know this is difficult for you. Putting the mental energy, taking time out of your day, and like just taking points off your soul and years off your life to consider this track that Shaq has put out about Dame. You know, I really appreciate you sacrificing your energy for this topic, Jalen. And so, like... Oh man. I remember Cold Crush disc records, okay? In tapes. So it's, it, it, I can't find it. It's, it's, it's really hard for me because the beat was loud. I could barely hear him. I don't the know mix, if that's mix. because of the show. It sounds like he did it on his phone or something. Yeah. The mix, the mix wasn't studio mix. That was no. Reg the Ledge would never put put a track out with that sort of mix. No. Correct, no. correct. No. No. So, it, it, I like that you use super ugly as an example, mm-hmm. and that's why you my brother and I love you because you you also had an undercurrent with that that people don't realize that you gave the Errol Spence Jr. jab and then your next comment was going to be Ether with the overhand left. See, people forget Super Ugly. That was after Ether. Ether was so hot that Jay-Z felt like he had to do something. So it felt like he went into the studio that night and kind of rushed out a response, yep. and the world forgot about it. Yep. The world straight up forgot about it. It's kind of like Drake's I'm Upset. Remember his first di- um, Meek diss? I'm Upset was whack. And then like, and then, and then Wesley was like, you, you got to get back in the studio and record something fire because I'm Upset is not going to do anything in this battle. So, like, people forget these these tracks, except for Jalen and Jacoby. But so, Jalen, let me just, I know this is hard for you to compartmentalize and to digest and synthesize your thoughts, but let me just take the conversation here. It was fine. 
right? Shaq always kind of everything Shaq does, even when he's dissing somebody, even when he's arguing with Charles Barkley on the set or threatening to fight or something, he always does it with a smile. He is like a he's a loving, warm-hearted, smiling person. And I feel like even when he disses Kobe on stage, which we all know about, and even when he disses Dame here, he kind of does it with a smile. Yeah. Like when Pusha T disses you, he doesn't do it with a smile. Nope. You know what I mean? So Shaq's kind of, Shaq does it as games. Like he's got all the money, all the notoriety, all the exposure that he could possibly need. So my question is, is does Dame respond? Yep, 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 yep. Yes, yep, Dame yep. responds. But I want to go back to the undercurrent of who Shaq is. Okay. Clearly one of the best and most dominant athletes of all time. Yep. An amazing endorser, salesman, and pitchman. I can't front. I still look I'll still look sideways at him getting that Papa John's money, but it is what it is. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um I like there's a trait in people that I always pay attention to that's not my favorite that he has but it's not personal when they always make it about them for example we have a, a famous basketball player that plays in purple and gold and there could be a high school player that does a 360 twice when he does the post at some point, he's going to say king or make it about him. Sure. I watch that trait in people. Not mad at it. That's probably what makes them on a different level of somebody like me. But I I, I just, my integrity means everything to me. So what I heard in those tracks was a lot about how much money I got and how many rings I got. Well, it's hip-hop. It's hip-hop. No, I'm not finished. When I hear ether, I don't hear that. Mm. When you decide that you want to battle somebody on the mic, of course you're going to up yourself. But usually it's got to be about the art, about the bars, and about the person that you're going at. I don't want to hear your whole verse about you. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that means it's called a diss track. It's not a called Big Yourself Up track. The Big Yourself Up tracks, those are just regular tracks. Correct. Like, that's just hip-hop. Correct. But the diss so, track is supposed to be dissing somebody. So when I went to Tower Records and I stole Ice Cube's death certificate and No Vaseline came on, he not talking about how great he is. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yes, Dave responds... And I think when he does, it's going to be about what he believes Shaq isn't, not what about what he is. And also, Shaq did something that's very popular in these sort of in the mixtape era diss track. You could take the you could take the what's the difference between me and you beat. You know what I mean? Or, or you take the Benjamin beat. Like there's like a there's probably like 15 beats out there that is kind of unstoppable. You know, like grinding or something. Where it's, the flow's already laid out for you. It's already like a head knock. Like it's it's like you kind of you're kind of like already on second base once you pick the difference between me the difference between me and you beat. Yep. You know? Yeah. And that's but you gotta get the mix right, Shaq. Come on, we'll give you we'll give you Reggie. Find Reggie on Twitter. You know what I mean? He's out, he's out there. It's easy to find Reg. Just search Reggie, Jalen, and Jacoby. You'll get you there, and you can. And Reg will mix that for you. Send him the send him the audio files. Yep. He'll happily do it. It'll take him about 15, 20 minutes. Reg, maybe less. Yep, yep, yep. 
And working in the sporting industry, it's my job to do projections mm -hmm. of talent and teams. And Dame going to win this battle. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, Dame's going to spend more time on it. You know what I mean? Dame's, Dame's going to spend more time. The season hasn't started yet. He's got he's got a little extra time on his hands. He, you know, media day is over. Training camp starts. He's going to have some time. Dame's going to respond. Dame's going to win respond. this battle. It's going to be fun. It's all going to be fun. And you know they're going to be texting each other the whole time just to make sure that everything's cool. You know what but I mean? I will, gonna, but I will say this. I will say this. And there have been a lot, lot of people that clearly love the art form and have recorded songs and albums and stuff like that. Shaq has still been the most successful athlete as a rapper. Yep. Oh, see, yep. me and our brother Max Kellerman were talking about this earlier today just around the office. Shaq. He does have the platinum plaques. Shaq does have hits. Like, Shaq has legit hits. Like, people talk about who's the best athlete rapper. People say that all the time. And when you say you're talking about pure bars, maybe Shaq's not in the top five. But if you're talking about hits, talking about commercial success, yep. he always had a feature. Not yep. a lot of, except Biological didn't bother that had it, didn't have a feature. But most of his hits all have features with popular artists at the time. Yeah, when Shaq was in Orlando, I remember him rocking with the Foo Snickers. Yup. RZA, we Big, don't need no hooks. Biggie gave him condo with say. elevators in him. I was going to say, he got a song with Biggie. He got a song with the top five that are alive, an objective, <laughs> undisputed top five that are alive. You know it's going to be a hit. If you look at that one album he put out, I forgot what it was called, but there was a feature on almost every track, and the one track didn't have a feature, which was one of his singles, The Biological Didn't Bother, had a really good sample as a chorus. And it was like heart, heartfelt. Yep. Shaq, Shaq's a great artist. Because yep. it's not about being the best. It's about putting the best around you. It's about being an entertainer. You know what I mean? Preach. I love that. Uh, Jalen, Jalen, Reggie, we have breaking news here on Jalen Jacoby. Very important update. Reggie has the Dame Dollar diss track on Shaq. Reggie, push play. Dollar. He say he the goat, I come for his body. Plan him cause he bought the copies. Should've just passed me the torch, I got no remorse, I beat him like Rocky. I feel the tank up with these. I like the beat, Jalen. Me and I see you. Cause on his day, originals just came with the sequel. Um, new school got new hits. Space Jam, not blue chips. Hangman, yo shoot. Dame six, I'm too lit. Big name, got big brand, but you corny. Get bags, get purchased. Every time you get horny, then they repo. Love you when you was in beast mode. Loki thought you was a cheat code. Know that you shoot for the cheap. Shoot any work like your freak throws. Know you see my pockets deep, so you flexing ain't really a thing, bro. We both could be working at Kinko's. And Kobe, when you them rings don't owe. Nursery rhymes spitting. Small cars sitting. Oh, icy hot poster <laughs> boy. TNT snitching you. Big man. It's not a fair fight, Jalen Rose. My existence had a song with bad it's not a fair fight. Jordan to the pistons. I told you. I mean, Shaq recorded his on a phone. On a phone. I told over you. Dr. Dre beat. I told it's you. It's just like, it's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. You know who Mills Lane is, right? Stop the yeah. fight. Yeah. Stop the yeah, yeah. fight. Stop, 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 stop the towel in the red. Throw the towel in the red. I don't even want to hear the rest. Don't do that, man, like that. Stop it's, the like fight. The UFC, it's like the hey, UFC you know fight. What? You got to push him off. Hey, you know what? I got one comparison that this fight reminds me of. You want to hear it? Yes. David versus Goliath. This that's the best comparison I can use. Here's the problem. Down goes Frazier. 
is Shaq just playing around. Shaq's just dabbling. Shaq heard him say something, just like playing with his friends and just came up with something real quick in an hour and a half. Dame does this. Dame's a technician. Dame takes this seriously. Like Dame got, a, got the beat's dope, by the way. Flows high. Like it's nothing you can do. Correct. And he didn't use a manufactured beat like you talked about before. Mm-hmm. And he came with bars. Another problem is, is like Shaq has so many decades of material that you can break out on him because he kind of clownish and he makes fun of himself. And there's just so many things you can say about Shaq. There's there's a there's an encyclopedia worth of things that you can dish Shaq for. Dame's kind of bulletproof. You know what I mean? Dame kind of bulletproof. He's not ring chasing. He performs on the court. He's from Oakland. He always handles himself well in an interview. Stays out of trouble. Like, there's not much you could say about Dame to diss him. That's why Shaq's diss was all about Shaq. Like, Dame's kind of bulletproof. It's hard to, there's not a lot of material there. Shaq needs to do some, get, hire a private investigator or something. Shaq needs no, to do something. No, no. Shaq needs no. to do something. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what he needs to do. <laughs> not respond. <coughs> he needs to leave Dame alone. Yep. He needs to leave Dame alone. That's what he need to do. He need to leave Dame alone. <laughs> this might be the first apology apology response to a diss track. Shaq might just have to come out with an I'm sorry track. You know I mean? like, he might just have to apologize. If he See, knew it was good one, for him, he might just it's apologize. One, it's one thing for him to be on wax or holding a microphone saying, Kobe, tell me how something tastes. Mm-hmm. It's another thing going at Dame Dollar who is about these bars. See, Kobe was an artist, but Dame Dollar does this. Yep. And I yes. tried to tell y'all that he was going to get roasted by doing it. And before the end of the show, thank you, Red, for coming up with the rebuttal because now it's broken news. I'm right as usual. Yeah, he told Joe Budden, he said, I think I'm better than Shaq. Okay. And then he just went out and proved it. Like, it's over. That wasn't even fair. That was a first-round knockout. That wasn't even fair. That wasn't even fair. Hey, we just had a fighter on Jalen and Jacoby who we going to go celebrate with. Who was his name? The fight on the zone in New York? uh, Triple G or Masvidal? Masvidal. Tony Montana. Yeah, that's Masvidal. Okay. We're going to Miami and party with Masvidal after he wins his fight coming up. He has the quickest knockout in the history of their sport. Five seconds. I think Dane Dollar just tied that. Yeah. I didn't need to hear much more than just like the first few bars after yeah. the beat. Don't beat though, whoever produced that. Shout out to them. Dame, Shout out. you did it. It's and over. Hold on. I got to say one other thing that I even alluded to that he alluded to. You notice he started naming sponsors. Yeah. The little car seat thing. The little car sitting. He's funny. <laughs> he's, he's funny. Check, <laughs> check. I just got so much to say about him. You know what I mean? Like, there's really nothing to say. Someone's like, write a diss track about Dame. I'd be like, ah, I don't have much. I really don't have much. I really, I really don't have much. Moving on. You have to absolutely hit the brakes on this. It is Juju mic'd up talking to the place kicker. Hit. Just hit the, the brakes. brakes. This is my favorite thing that Juju ever did. Let's watch Juju Smith Schuster mic'd up talking to Chris Boswell, his teammate. So, uh, how many girls do you like? Right? How many girls are you talking to right now? He walked over and said, how many girls are you talking to right now? How many girls are you talking to right now? Trying to ruin your teammates' romantic relationships when you're mic'd up, soft move or boss move. That's a soft move. It's funny. Oh, come on. It is because as somebody that's been mic'd up before, and NBA players do it, NFL players do it, it creates a level of access that's fun. However, everybody else knows that you're mic'd up too. 
So it's almost like you're the feds. People not around you saying anything <laughs> because ain't no telling where that information is going to, if that information is going to get public or not. Derek Favors got kicked out of an Uber. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. Well, he's new in New Orleans. He just joined the Pelicans, and he was discussing just football with the Uber driver, as you do down in the South. He said he's a Falcons fan. Uber driver pulled over and kicked him out. Do you side with the Uber driver or do you side with Favors in this one? I side with Favors on this one because you can't let your fandom get in the way of your money. You don't realize that you got a multimillionaire sitting in your car. You give him a safe ride, ain't no telling what type of tip you might get. There has been a study that released that revealed that water is not the most hydrating beverage. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Oh, I need to hear this. Hit the brakes. This is fascinating. Take a look at this study results of the most hydrating beverages ranked. Number one, skim milk. And you can see the rest of them. Coca-Cola is at number five. That's in front of water. Coca-Cola is in front of sports drink. See, this, this is one no of those lists I ain't rolling with. This, this is one of those no lists I'm not rolling with. Yo, I ran a marathon. After I ran a marathon, I wanted a water and a beer. I did not want skim milk. Do you think any of this is based in science whatsoever? They're trying to get headlines on Jalen and Jacoby. I think they're just trying to get headlines. Don't follow this. Coke can't be the, one of the top five most hydrating things for your body. It cannot That just be. doesn't make sense. I don't need to do a study. I don't need any science. That's just not a fact. Not a fact whatsoever. Nope. Jalen Rose, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed last year, yet they were not in the NBA Finals. MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo was asked about his impending free agency. This won't be the last time he's asked about it, but he had a very interesting response when asked. Obviously, I talked a little bit about it last year, and I said, you know, that I'm not I'm not going to talk about it a lot because, and I thought about it um, this summer when I was, you know, sitting down with Nas and my family, you know, the couch watching shows and all that, that, you know, I feel like if you have a great team, and we, our goal is to, you know, win a championship, be the last team standing and, you know, get better each day. I think it's disrespectful towards my teammate talking about, you know, my free agency, what I'm going to do. Uh, so when the time is right, we're all going to talk huh. about it. Disrespectful to my teammates to talk about it. When the time is right, we'll talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Can Giannis Antetokounmpo really avoid talking about his impending free agency? This ain't good for the Bucks. This is not mm. good for the Bucks. Mm. That door just got cracked open. He didn't say what you hope to hear in that situation. Like, I love it here so much and I want to play the rest of my career here if I can. Yep. He didn't say those words. And so when you're not getting that from your best player, when Dame Dalla signed in Portland, he said he wanted to be there. Okay. He ain't saying that he want to be there. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to leave, but it doesn't mean that he wants to be there forever either. It's not what you want to hear if you're in the front office of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I've been, you played in the NBA for 13 years. Well, guess what? I've been at ESPN for about 20 years. And here's one thing I know. If you don't want to talk about it, lie about it. If you really don't want to talk about it, say, you know what? I look forward to being with the Miami Bucks organization for the rest of my career. I can't wait to sign there. We'll address it after the season's over. Just say that. 
And then people won't ask. But when you do leave that door a little open, and guess what? Maybe the Bucks don't start that hot. Maybe all of a sudden you look up and the Bucks are 9 and 11, and he's a little frustrated, and maybe him and the coach aren't seeing eye to eye. Maybe we could get ourselves a little Kyrie Irving in Boston situation. That is one thing that I'm concerned about. For the Bucks, there's a lot of pressure to keep Giannis. Jalen Rose, I have a very important story for you. In a pub, they had the gathering of the Nigels. 433 gentlemen named Nigel all got together and partied. And it got me thinking, the word, the name Nigel is so important to them. Just like the name Jalen is so important to you. Will we have a gathering of the Jalens? Can we please have a gathering of the Jalens? A Jalen fest, if you will. A Jalen Palooza. We're just taking a look at what this might be like. Look, we got Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Brown, Jalen Rose, Jalen Hands, Jalen, Jalen Hurts. Can we have a gathering of the Jalens, Jalen? I believe that it's going to happen at some point because you can't watch sports and entertainment now without hearing the word Jalen. Thank you, Jeannie Rose, forever grateful. Shout out. I'm in a great mood today, Jalen Rose. Reg the Ledge just got in my ear and said that we got great voicemails today, which I'm sure means that they give him shout-outs and ask him to get a mic and give a promotion. I know exactly what that means. But don't forget, ladies. Hey, call. ladies! 985-80-Jalen. Right now, it's Tuesday. We're going to be playing exclusively your voicemails tomorrow. Call 985-80-Jalen right now. Right now, pick up the phone, 985-80-JALEN. Ladies, leave us a voicemail. Today, we're taking all callers like this one. What up, Jalen and Jacoby? My name is Kid out of Seattle, 206. Jalen Rafferty was talking about the strip clubs in Seattle. Bro, what strip clubs do you know out here in Seattle that be popping? I was just in Miami. I went to Tootsie's. Might be the greatest strip club I've ever been to of all time. Let me know your thoughts. Is Tootsie's one of the top 10 strip clubs in America by the way, I didn't see you up at NABJ. When you going to make an appearance? Shout out to Rudes. Appreciate the love and support. Huh, well, I said appreciate the love and support. Y'all keep killing it. Keep getting them checks. All right, man. There's so much I love about this call. Number one, I sit down in the chair. I put my IFB in. That's the thing in my ear so I can communicate with the staff in Los Angeles. The first thing Reg says to me is what, Jalen? We got some great voicemails we, today. We got some great, great voicemails today. Oh, we got some voicemails for you today. All right, Reg. Let's get them. Let's see what you got. Let's see Let's see what these great voicemails are all about. And what's the first voicemail about? Something that I agree with Reg. And it seems Strip like clubs. you don't. That is an Strip amazing clubs. voicemail. Yep. An amazing voicemail. <laughs> to answer his first question, Rick's. Rick's in Seattle. You got to take a cab a little bit outside of town. That's my favorite one there. The second question, I've never been to Tootsie's in Miami. Uh, something tells me that you have, Jalen. You're looking around like you have it. There's been sometimes, sometimes those nights get a little funny. Tootsie's Alley Cat? Here's the thing. And that's off the dome. Gold Club was my spot in Miami. Respectfully, just think about this for a second. This show has really graduated. Yep. I has want it? people to I want people to Google something. Okay. About seven or eight years ago, I did a list of my top five cities, ranking them based on their strip clubs on this show. Mm. You remember that list? I think we phrased it a little differently. It was like best NBA cities to visit or something, but that's what it really meant. That's what we really meant. That's what we really meant. And so to answer his question, is it top 10 in America? Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely it is. Is it in South Beach or is it in Miami proper? 
Um, Miami proper. That's a big. That's a big distinction. Yeah, there's only like one in South Beach, and I, I didn't love it that much. Yes, it's legendary. I remember I was at the one in South Beach, and the girl goes to me. She goes, "Why you wear jeans to a strip club?" <laughs> she was like mad. <laughs> she was mad. I was like, I didn't know I was gonna get criticized in here. I was like, yo, let's put on some jeans, man. I wear jeans every day. Sorry. All I care about is my nipples. And also, and, and also, excellent food. What? See, that's one thing. That's where me and you differ. You're you're all you're all about ordering food in the gentleman's spot. You're all about it. You know what I mean? I like that. I like that. I like that about you. You want to get comfortable. You want to set up for, set yourself up for a long time. You know, good for you, Jalen Rose. Mm. Oh. Appreciate the call, kid from Seattle. We have another voicemail. Hit it, Reg. I am full fledged for Reg. What up, Joe? This is Paul from Wisconsin. Shout out to Jalen. Shout out to Jacoby. Guys, I got a two part question. I am a brand new father of twins. They just turned a month old, so I want to know, Jacoby, what is your uh, advice for a brand new parent of twins? And then also, um, I am not from the Detroit area, but I am a corporate trainer, and I'm trying to bring the phrase what up, Joe, to the corporate uh, vocabulary where I work. So what do you guys think? Is that a soft move or a boss move? Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. So one question for you, one question for me. We'll start with a question for you, Jalen Rose. Uh, my man Paul in Wisconsin is trying to incorporate what up, Doe into the corporate environment. Soft move or boss move? It's a boss move. Mm, and I'll tell you it? why. I'll tell you why. I've been quietly doing it for years. You ever watch this show and wonder, what is Jalen doing at the beginning of the show? Just representing Blade, Icewood, and Detroit in the hip-hop culture to the fullest. Saying what up, though, is to get not only people who are from Detroit, from the Detroit metropolitan area to understand that's our lingo, but to adopt it. That's what has happened with hip-hop music, Jacoby. It ain't just an inner-city thing anymore. The suburban kids in the basement of their mansions saying the N-word, listening to Drake. It's global. It's happening now. It's global. It's global. It's not just it's not just in America either. It's not it's not it's it's international. Hip hop hip hop acts make more money touring Europe than they do the United States. Hip hop used to embody the culture. Now it is the culture. Well, I'm not sure about incorporating what up dough, you know what I mean, into the corporate world. Because you're in Wisconsin and you know the demographics of Wisconsin are a little different than those of New York City. That's all I'll say about that. And secondly, the twins question. Twins, one-month-old twins, Paul. Let me tell you, you're in the worst part. Like, this, the next six months, they're awful. They're awful. And I got some real practical advice for you. Number one, treat them like one baby. Feed them at the exact same time. Bathe them at the exact same time. Put them to bed at the exact same time. Make sure that they are synchronized and syncopated. You take them on a walk at the exact same time. You treat them like one baby's the only way to get through the night. Number two, one thing we did that we wish we did earlier, you got to throw money at the problem. Throw money at the problem. At one point, we hired this woman as a night nurse. We didn't even know her. We didn't even know her. So what what we did is we brought her in the crib. We said, when they wake up, you feed them. You know what to do. And you know what I did, Jay? I turned the alarm on. I turned the alarm on so if she left the house, if she opened one of the doors, the alarm would go off. Because I didn't even know her. I was like, you know what? At least she can be inside the house. 
And then she said to me, when we woke up, she's like, did y'all turn the alarm on? I was like, sure did. Sure did turn the alarm on. Just in case you try to open one of these doors. That's cute, man. So going to happen. You, you just unlocked something that I probably shouldn't be saying for public consumption. But... For as long as I can remember having an alarm, I do that. Yep. You do that just to keep people in, though? You do it so people can't come in, not so people can't leave. No, I do it so, no, I do it because when I'm in, sometimes you could be falling asleep. I could be in the steam shower. I want to know if a door or a window gets opened. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Um, and secondly, this is my biggest advice. It really only takes one person to take care of twins. You know what I mean? It takes one person to take care of twins. And you and your wife, I know you're in this together. It's probably your first babies. And you want to just, you want to double team the whole time. You take one, I'll take one. You know what you got to do? Take the twins. Take them on a walk. Let your lady have some alone time. And then vice versa. Like, one thing that me and my wife try not to do is have one parent do a two-parent job. You need to spend an hour at the bar watching football. You need to go work out. She needs to go get her some alone time. Like, everyone needs their own time. So don't act like just because you got two new twin babies that it takes two of y'all to take care of them. It does not. So you got to tag team that. I'm in the David Jacoby phase of my career because my wife doesn't listen to the podcast nope. or watch the television show. Nope. She used so to. I need advice. Mm-hmm. From you, my brother, and I want people to call in and leave voicemails about this because I really need some help on this one. Oh, no. Oh, no. And we're putting it on wax. I'm shooting up the club. You're shooting up the club? You're shooting I'm up shooting the club? I'm shooting up the club. You're shooting. Yo, hit the, hit the yes. Jay, yo, Reggie, every button you got, push it. Every button you got, push it. You're shooting up the club? You're shooting up the club? <laughs> so, so wow. now, wow. A, wow. as you get as you get to your mid and late forties, and so technology has advanced, mm-hmm. they tell you certain things that you should or should not be doing to help your sperm be as effective as possible. Yo, I'm all in. I'm all in on this conversation. What are they telling you? Your, well, they your, just your telling sperm, me certain things your, that your you can't do. Your sperm got a do. fitness regimen. Your first sperm got a... They yeah. enjoy them being... They yeah. working, they're working out in yeah. the off-season yeah. on hey. the diet. They're no, on the treadmill. Right, hey, right now, here's what you I got realized. Them in the pool? You got them in the pool swimming, Michael Phelps? No, here's, here's what it is. So, what she doesn't realize is, really, I'm just kind of practicing right now because I'm low-managing my sperm. <laughs> <laughs> so that... <laughs> Pun intended. So that now when I'm ready to shoot up the club and she's ovulating, you know, it's the best possible sperm. Yeah, you got to be ready for the playoffs. You got to be ready for the playoffs. Correct. It's like a boxer. It's like a boxer. You know what I mean? You train, train, train. Yeah. You got to get ready for the the fight. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Coordinate everything. So so, peak performance. So like right now, this is my 90-day training window. If you notice, I'm kind of big (laughs) going to the gym. You know what I mean? I'm in shape. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I ain't kangaroo no more. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I love this. And I can't tell I you on this. wax some of the other sacrifices that I, I need to make in this 90-day period. But I got to ask you a different question. Okay. This is really important. Oh, I can tell. Should I go for twins? 
Yes. Yes. No, no. First of all, what? Harlan in my ear said you can't go for twins. What you don't understand about Jalen is Jalen, Jalen, Jalen has a theory that he can choose whether or not he's going to get somebody pregnant. And he can also choose the sex Crazy. of that baby. And the he can range. do this all with the power Crazy. of his mind and his body. And I fully subscribe Crazy. that this is the real thing. Crazy. And Crazy. I'm going to be, you know, since Crazy. we're being honest, the since range. we're being honest, I remember, I remember the exact moment that the twins happened and it was special. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was not a normal, it was not normal activity. I remember being like, whoa, you're pregnant. That's what happens. So if you can, if you could possibly be blessed with twins, by all means, you 100,000% should. It is the best and doubles your chances of getting Jalen Jr. Seriously. Facts Seriously. on facts on facts. Seriously. Wow. We're really revealing a lot. We're really, Jalen, for those that I'm don't, so for those that right don't know, there's something in medicine and technology, Harlan Endelman in my ear, that allows you with your sperm to basically menu. look at a menu mm-hmm. and see if this possible egg is going to be a boy or a girl and or how many you can place inside of your mate to get pregnant. I don't believe that I'm the person that's teaching people this. I, I, first of all, I knew this. And also, I know you're sitting down. You're like, I don't need to see the menu. Give me Jalen Jr. I know you're sitting down. You're like, no, no, no. I'm a regular here. I don't need to see the menu. I'll take JJ. I, I'll take JJ. I'll pay whatever it costs. And I'll leave you a 50% tip because that's what I do. I'm Jalen Rose. Jalen, you're my favorite. You're my absolute favorite. What's your What's your number for JJ? What's your number for Jalen Jr.? Um, and we're putting it on he, oh, the black car. He just take it all. Black car. <laughs> take it all. He can have it all. And when he come, I'm going to just file for bankruptcy. I'm just going to give it all to him. He's going to come out with a baseball bat wearing Puma, head to toe Puma. Like, what up, though? Fresh hairline. You know what I mean? White teeth. I can't wait. I can't wait for Jalen Jr. I'm stealing and, him. I'm and stealing you him. know what else? I'm going to be that guy. And please call and leave a voicemail about this. And we putting it on wax. I'm going to be that guy bringing his kids to work. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be that you know guy. What? I'm gonna, you know what you got? I'm going to be Jalen Jr. I'll talk to you when you're one and a half. Before that, you're nothing. You don't even remember it. I'll tell you he's cute and all that. I'll take him if you need me to take him for a little bit. But you know what? Don't talk to me until you're one and a half, little I got, baby. Hey, so... You want the best lessons to start at home. And what age over under 15 do you think I'm going to take him to the strip club? 12. 13. Kids are bigger than you think. Marcus Spears brought his son. His son is big, grown, making fun of me, wearing dope clothes, hanging out, and he's 10 years old. Like, he's 10. I was like, is this kid's 14, 15? Like, nah, he's 10. Like, he's ready. He's a year away from going to strip club. I'm going to corrupt Jalen Jr. You'd be mad. By the time he's 16, you'd be like, are you going to erase his, my number from his phone? Be like, you're not allowed to be around Uncle Jacoby anymore. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Jalen Rose. You know what? I'm so excited that you're shooting up the club. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Thank you so much for being so open. I want to thank Kid for calling. I want to thank Paul for calling. Ladies, don't get to call 985. And one more thing, Jacoby, about shooting up the club. 
Because this is probably a visual that Reg can add to the pot. Think about, think about Harlem Knights. Were they going after quick? Were they trying to shoot mm-hmm. up, shoot up quick? Yep, yep. And one of the guys got the the machine gun. Tommy gun. Yes. Some days it's like that. And then the other days I like Arsenio. Pow. That's why I got a low manage for these 90 days. So I can make sure. So I, exactly. I, I, I need, I need, I need the full arsenal. But you know what, Jay? We're going to get you a bazooka, dog. We're going to get you a bazooka. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Why's that, KRS? We're done. We're not done. We're not done. Got to give the people my little guys. I love them. What it do, baby? Yeah.